Tread on turpents and scorpions on a daily. I stand and walk in authority that he gave me. I'm a reflection of God, so watch me be the light. It's time that we show the world that Jesus is I think that's enough of the announcements. I'm ready to go ahead and get into the word. If you're excited about the word, let's go ahead and get excitement going up in the room. Let's go ahead and get this energy up. I know it's been a long week for some people. I know it's been a long day for some people, but I'm telling you, when we get around the word of God and when we get uh, uh, involved with what God is doing, if we just all, if all we got to do is just step into an alignment with what God is doing, we can receive everything that God has for us. Listen, guys, our lives do not have to be these rundown lives that's the same old, same old every single day. We can get in the presence of God, get a word from him, walk that word out and experience a whole new experience that we've never experienced before. We can go on an adventure with God every single day if we get in line with him. And so I encourage every single one of you guys to get excited, get engaged, because I'm telling you, when you get connected to the word, that's when your life hits change. When you get connected to the spirit of God, that's when your life hits change. And so I just want to encourage you guys with that real quick to let y'all know, the more you engage with the word, the more you can expect to get out of the word. The more you engage with the word, the more you can receive with the word. So I'm telling you, get engaged tonight because I'm telling you, as we go through these uh, next eight, uh, it's either eight or seven, as we go through these next eight, we're going to start at number eight tonight. Well, we're going to teach on started teaching at number eight tonight. I'm telling you, it is going to be an absolute blessing for your life because we've been in this faith series. And if you've been with us for any amount of weeks, I hope this and I believe this faith series has been an absolute blessing to your life. So let me review real quick. I'm not going to review like I normally been doing because I got so much stuff I need to cover. So I'm going to go through real quick. So what I'm going to tell you is uh, if this is your first time listening again, if this is your first time. Go ahead and let us know that so that we can acknowledge you and uh, and let you know that, hey, we we got we uh, we want to be a blessing to you. And we just want to acknowledge you and pray God's blessing over you. And so if this is your first time listening or if this is your first time uh, in, a, in a long time coming back to us, uh, I just want to chart where we are in the faith series. So if you have any questions or if you have anything you want to learn concerning faith, you can go back to these certain messages. So let me go over it with you real quick. The first two weeks, we, we simply answered the question, what is faith? And so we really dove into that question. And so if you really want to get an answer, a basic answer on what faith is, go back and listen to weeks number one and number two. Okay. We answered the question, what is faith? And then we went into number uh, week number three when we began to answer the question, why is understanding faith important? Listen, that is an important, important message. So if you want to understand why faith is important, in addition to what is faith, then go back and listen to week number three. Then week number four, we answered the question, how do I properly use faith? Yes, you can misuse faith and you can properly use faith. Yes, you can. And so if you want to understand how do you properly use faith, go back and listen to week number four in the faith series, because that is the uh, the message that we talked about that week. Then in week number five and six, we really started to break down why is Jesus and faith so important? Listen, 
that those two messages that was around Easter time. And so we really got to talking about the power of Jesus and who he really is. And so if you want to really grab hold of who Jesus is and how the world is kind of coming against Jesus and how that connects to your faith, I encourage you to go look and uh, really get involved with weeks five, uh, five and six when we answer the question, why is faith in Jesus so important? And then in week number seven, we started talking about the idea of faith in the blood. And that's where we currently are in this series of faith in the blood. And we really started talking about, we really went back to the basic definition of what faith is. And faith is trust and confidence in someone or something. And so when you really break it down, the someone is God having faith and trust and confidence or, or faith is having trust and confidence in God. But it also says having trust and confidence in something. And the thing that we wanted to emphasize in or emphasize on rather, was having faith in the blood of Christ. That We started to pinpoint what the blood actually did for us when Jesus shed his blood. And my God today, I'm here to tell y'all the blood has done some amazing, wonderful things for us. And if we can grab hold to what the blood has done, then it will absolutely change our life. It will absolutely change it would absolutely change the way you view the blood and how Jesus went to the cross and the sacrifice that he made. If you can get a revelation of what the blood has accomplished. And so when we started this part of the faith series, we really wanted to hit it and help y'all understand what the blood has accomplished. Because how many of y'all ever been in church for a little while and they've always talked about the blood? There are certain songs that people will sing concerning the blood. They'll sing songs like, there is power, power, wonder work and power in the blood of the Lamb. So the songs like that, they'll start hitting different when you begin to really understand what the blood has accomplished because you will begin to understand where that power is working in your life, what that power was sent to accomplish in your life. And we don't want to be like the seven sons of Sceva. And that's really where we uh, really laid a foundation because if we don't understand what the blood has accomplished for us, we'll be walking around like those individuals that um, we'll be walking around like those seven sons of Sceva who think we know God and think that we can operate in the power of God or receive what the blood has done for us. And we're going to be doing it based on what somebody else did. The son, seven sons of Sceva said, we cast you out, demon, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. Well, when you cast out de demons or when you operate in the power of God, you need to know for yourself. You don't need to know based on what somebody else is, you need to know for yourself. And so we don't want to be like the seven sons of Sceva, not knowing what the blood has accomplished for us. We want to know for ourselves. So when the enemy comes against us, we don't need to run to a church. We don't need to listen to a broadcast. We'll be able to have the word to go and apply in our life so that the enemy will get off our back and he will be ultimately defeated because of the word I now understand. Who glory to God. And that's why we like teaching. That's why we love sharing the word, because I'm here to tell you, it's only going to be the word that is going to give you the victory, guys. It's not going to be a hype up. It's not going to be your emotions. It's not going to be how you feel. It's going to be the word and what it says to give you victory in your life. And if you don't know what the word says concerning your life and the victory that he's given you, you will ultimately fail in that particular area because you don't understand what the word is saying. And so we are here to talk about what faith in the blood means. And so, again, we started with Romans 325 uh, to give you a concept of 
understanding that we need to understand what faith in the blood is and what faith in the blood is is having trust and confidence in that blood but not just having trust and confidence in the blood but what the blood has accomplished for us amen and so last week we i told you i had 15 different things that the blood has accomplished and last week we went line upon line precept upon precept with every single one of these. And so week number uh, eight, I believe it was, we started off with faith in the blood. Last week, we went over every single one of these things. So if you want to get a breakdown of what I'm getting ready to talk about, go back and listen to last week. I'm going to tell you the first seven, and then we're going to go into a deeper teaching with the last uh, eight. All right. So the first thing that the that faith in the blood or what the blood has accomplished that we talked about last week and we really dove into was our sin debt was paid by the blood. That was number one. That was number one. Number two, we talked about how you have been made righteous by the blood of Christ. You have been made righteous by the blood of Christ. Number three, we talked about how you've been spared from hell on the earth and eternally. Amen. We talked about how you can have hell on the earth and we can, and you definitely gonna, you can definitely have hell in eternity. But I want us to understand because of the blood of Jesus, he has spared us from both of those. We don't have to experience either one of those. Amen. And so go back and listen to last week if you want a deeper understanding of number three. Number four, we talked about how you have been redeemed or bought back by the blood. Amen. You've been redeemed or bought back by the blood. What does that mean? Go back and listen to last week, but I'm going to give you a quick snippet. Jesus has purchased you back through his blood. And when Jesus buys something, he doesn't return it. It's not on no layaway plan and it's not on no return. Uh, you don't need to, you don't, you don't need to re understand the return details if it's defective. No, we, Jesus didn't deem us as defective. So if he purchased us, he's not going to give us back. Glory to God. It's a one time deal. Amen. That was number four. And number five, we talked about last week, we talked about my redemption being secure by the blood. It's one thing to know that I'm redeemed and I bought back. But what about the question of me eventually uh, losing my salvation or the question of me ultimately going back to the kingdom of darkness? No. When you receive the blood of Christ, your redemption is secure. Why? Because Jesus paid a one-time ransom for your life. And when you receive it, you in there, praise God. Jesus paid it once and for all. That was number five. Number six, you have been forgiven. You have forgiveness of sins because of the blood. You have forgiveness of sins because of the blood. I don't know if y'all can see my T-shirt. It says forgiveness and redemption. This offer expires when you do. <laughs> so check this out. So last week we talked about number six, you have forgiveness of sins because of the blood. And man, we really, and last week we looked at scriptures concerning each one of these, and we're going to do that with the rest of these tonight. So I really want us to get into the rest of them so we don't, so we can give each one of them adequate time. Uh, but last week, really go back and take a look at us understanding our forgiveness of sins because of the blood and what the blood has accomplished for us. Amen. And number seven, where we ended last week, we talked about you are cleansed of sins. You are continually cleansed if you're walking in the word of God, if you're walking in the light. The Bible says that you are continually being cleansed of those sins, meaning you're not walking in the stench of that sin. In other words, Jesus has completely eradicated the stench of sin when you walk in, uh, in understanding of what the blood has done for your life when it comes to your sin. Yeah, you can be forgiven of sin, but you need to be cleansed. You need to be, because you can be forgiven and still walk around with dirt on you. You need to be cleansed, glory to God. And you need to allow the blood to cleanse you. And you need to allow 
your constant walking with God to continually cleanse you to walk free from the sin consciousness so that you can walk in righteousness conscious. Amen. And for a complete breakdown of all seven of those, we went over those last week. And so I really want you guys to go back and listen to these last couple of weeks, because I'm telling you, when you, you, you probably just want to start with one of these and then work your way up as you continue to get revelation, because allow the Holy Spirit to give you revelation concerning what each one of these means and how you can apply them to your life. Because I'm telling you, when you do, your life will be absolutely changed. It will be absolutely changed, guys. All right. So let's look at the next uh, the, the, the last few so that we can give each one of these adequate time. Amen. Y'all ready? If y'all ready, say amen. Give God some hearts. Give God some lights. Give God the praise emojis, the prayer hands, all of that stuff. We want to see it. We want y'all energy up. We want y'all to be excited. Say, I'm ready for the word of God. Because I'm telling you, like just like last week, when I began to teach this series, and I mean, not begin to teach this series, but last week when I began to teach this part of the series, I told you guys that, I, that, that, that it was going to be a very interactive uh, lesson and it was going to be a very interactive message and the reason why I want it to be interactive is because I want you to grab hold of what I'm saying to you you can't just hear this and let it go in one ear and out the other you need to grab hold of this you need to retain it because I'm telling you the enemy the enemy does not want you to understand what the blood has done because if he can get you to be ignorant of what the blood has done he can continue to give to continue, he can continue to have victory in your life. And how many of y'all know the enemy is defeated and he should stay defeated, but, but he gets victory sometimes because we fail to understand where the blood has given us victory. And he's given us victory in every area of our lives. That's why we're going through every single one of these. And that's why we're going to start off with number eight this week. Y'all ready? Number eight. Y'all ready? Number eight. You have the power to overcome the enemy. Yes, you do. You have the power to overcome the enemy. Go to Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. This is one of the most, uh, this is one of the most uh, said scriptures. This is one of the ones that people say a lot, but I want us to read it in the Passion Translation. And let us look at what it says in the Passion Translation. Number eight, let's go. Revelation 12, Revelation 12, verse 11 in the Passion Translation. It says, they conquered him completely. Man, that's it right there. They conquered him. Who is him? The devil completely through what? The blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony. They triumphed because they did not love and cling to their own lives, even when faced with death. Man, I really need y'all to understand what this scripture is saying. Look at what it says. It says, first of all, they conquered him completely, him being the devil, him being Satan. They conquered him completely through what? The blood. The blood was the only thing that could give you freedom to the kingdom of light. The blood was the only thing that could be used to get you to transfer or to get God or to get Jesus to transfer your citizenship from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. They conquered him completely through the blood and the powerful word of his testimony. Listen, this is this is something that uh, this is something that I wanted to say concerning this scripture, because over the years, people have said, you know, you overcome with the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And a lot of times and the word of his testimony. But a lot of times people have taken that scripture and said, you know what, 
if, if I just testify, I can overcome the uh, I can I can conquer the enemy or I can overcome the enemy. If I just testify the things that God has done for me. Yes, that's yeah, that's you know, that's true to an extent. But this scripture is specifically talking about you testifying about what the blood has accomplished for you, because, yeah, you could go and testify that God gave you a job. But where was the word behind that? Where was the where was the proof that got you to get the promotion? Where was the proof that got you to become free from sin? Where's the proof that got you to become free in your mental uh, instability? Where's the proof? The proof is always in the word of God. And if you're not testifying according to the word of God, then that testimony has no power. I want to say that, and I want to say that up front. You can just give a testimony and say, Woo, praise God, I've been free from this. Well, how did you get free from that? Because it wasn't just you getting free. You got free because the word set you free. You got free because you obeyed something God told you to do. You got free because the Holy Spirit came and invaded your life and supernaturally done some things in your life. And if you don't understand the basis of that, you just declaring a testimony will only give the enemy a reason to come and destroy your life again or to become or to come mess with your life again i'm telling you we need to stick with the foundation and the basics of what the word says that got us all of these victories so that we can continue to completely conquer him through the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony testimony about what the blood of jesus has accomplished y'all follow what i'm saying so when i testify when I'm testifying or if I'm or what I'm saying, the thing that God has done in my life, I need to have it focused on the word and not just what happened in my life. Follow what I'm saying? It's good for you to explain the process about what happened in your life so people can get a good practical understanding. That's excellent. But if it's not backed by the word, it won't have any power. That's what I'm that's that's really what I'm trying to say. So we need to have the basis in the word so that we can point people back. to. Because, listen, and the reason why we need to point people back to the word is because your practical way of how you got to your victory may not go for somebody else. Listen, you can tell people you went to ladders.com and applied for this job and you got that job. But that may not be the path for somebody else. So just because you testified of you going to ladders.com and you got a six figure job that that's not the way somebody else may be making six figures. You need to be testifying of how the Holy Spirit spoke to you to go and do that specifically. And you need to be testifying to other people saying, hey, because the blood had done this for me and I listened to the Holy Spirit, then this is what you need to go and do. You need to go understand that the blood has freed you from that and the blood has made provisions available for you so that you can go listen to the Holy Spirit and go get your instruction for your life so that you can walk out your own testimony. But we need to have it based on the word because a lot of times when we just testify and we leave the word out, people try to follow in our footsteps and they wonder why they get discouraged because they didn't get specific instructions from God about what the blood needed to be done in their life. They tried to use how the blood was done in somebody else's life and they ultimately ended up unsuccessful. Well, that's why we need to always have the word. It's good for you to have that testimony and people need to hear that that can be done, but that doesn't need to be always the line that doesn't need to be the way that they may care that, that may not be the way that they need to carry it out for their life so when we give them the word and we testify based on what the blood has done they're able to go to god for themselves and get their own testimony and walk out what the blood has already accomplished for both of y'all however way god wants them to get it done amen follow what i'm saying does that make sense I hope that makes sense. And so I really say that to say to keep people from uh, comparing one another. And that's another way to keep from comparing somebody else's success to your success. Because, listen, the way somebody else got success is not always going to be the way you get success. 
we need to understand it and we need to see that because the Holy Spirit has so many ways to get us to where we need to get to. And the blood has purchased everything and all of that for everybody. But if we don't get those instructions and if we don't walk that out the way the Holy Spirit wants us to walk it out, we're going to get discouraged and we're going to be upset. And so God has laid out a path for you just like he laid out that path for somebody else. Amen. All right. So we completely conquered him, the devil, through the blood of the lamb and the powerful word of his testimony. And it is the testimony about what the blood of Jesus has accomplished for me. Listen to me. Listen to me good, guys. We have overcome the enemy through the testimony about what the blood has done. Somebody need to get praised God for that. We need to praise God for that. We have overcome the enemy through the testimony of what the blood has done. Not based on what we've done, but what the blood has accomplished for us. I need y'all to type in the comment section, the blood has secured my victory. I need y'all to get that in your spirit. Type that in the comments. Say the blood has secured my victory. Glory to God. Not so-and-so's testimony, but the blood has secured my victory. Not, not, not what happened to such and so, but the blood has secured my victory. And because the blood has secured my victory, I can, I can rest assured that there's going to be a way for me to get to that desired place. Y'all follow me? The blood has secured my victory. Man, that's so good to me. I want to leap up out of this seat. Because the blood has secured my victory, then I can be I, I can be excited and I can rest assured that Jesus has my back. Cause somebody, cause 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 I can go, I can go and try to apply for a job, but please understand there's people behind the scenes making those decisions. And those people can choose whether they accept it or not, or whether they accept that decision or not, or is Create the, create the path for you to get that job or not. But listen, God has a way of getting to you what needs to get to you. And that's why we need to lean on God rather than people. Amen. All right. Lean on what the blood has done for you. Lean on what the blood has done for you. Let's go to number nine. Let's go to number nine. I hope y'all got that one. Let's go to number nine. Number nine. I am no longer a stranger to the covenant of promise. I am no longer a stranger to the covenant of promise. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's look at it. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 12 and 13 in the Passion Translation. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13 in the Passion Translation. This is what it says. It says, so don't forget that you were not born as Jews and were uncircumcised. Circumcision itself is just a work of man's hands. You have none of the Jewish covenants and laws. You had none of the Jewish covenants and laws. You were foreigners to Israel's incredible heritage. I want y'all to notice that Israel had an incredible heritage. Focus on that. Then the scripture goes on to say, you were without the covenants and the prophetic promises of the Messiah. You were without them. Notice the past tense. You were without them without the covenants and prophetic promises of the Messiah and the promised hope and without God. Yet, look at you now. That's where that's where the butt needs to be placed, uh, right there. Yet, look at you now. Everything is new. Although you were once distant and far away from God, now you have been brought delightfully close to him through what? 
the sacred blood of Jesus. You have actually been united with Christ. Y'all see that? <laughs> look, look at everything Israel had and look at what we now have. And I, and, I, and I wanted to point that out. At the beginning of the scripture, it talks about you had none of the Jewish covenant and none of the Jewish laws. You were foreigners to the incredible heritage that Israel had. You were foreigners. You were without covenants and prophetic promises. You were without all of that. You were without a Messiah, promised hope, and God. Yet, look at you now. Everything, every the, the, the flip, the description flipped. Everything is new. Although you were one, although you were once distant and far away from God, now you have been brought delightfully close to Him through the sacred blood of Jesus. This is why we need to really grab hold of what the blood has done. The blood has changed my DNA. The blood has changed who I am to my core. And because the blood has changed who I am to my core, I now have a new heritage. I now have a new lineage. I now have a new DNA. I, knew, I now have a new ancestral heritage that I need to grab hold of because of what the blood has accomplished. Man, if y'all don't get anything to that, I need y'all to grab hold to this. I am no longer a stranger to the covenants of promise. I am no longer a stranger. I'm no longer a foreigner to the promises that God made Israel. What God promised Israel now applies to me. What God gave them, God has now given me. I am now, I am engrafted in, the scripture says. I am now a partaker of his divine nature. I am now his, I am now a partaker of all the covenant rights that God has given to his people. I am now his people. Mm, mm, mm. And because I'm no longer a stranger, I, it should no longer be foreign to me that what Jesus came to give me, I should be taking or what I should have. Glory to God. And the scripture ends by saying you have been, you, you've actually been united with Christ. You've actually been united with Christ. In other words, you have been a joint, you have been made a joint heir. You have made connected, you have been connected to Christ in a way that cannot be disconnected. Oh my goodness. Because of what the blood has done, you cannot be taken away from your inheritance. You cannot be taken away from the DNA that you've been changed to. Your DNA has been changed to Christ's DNA. And because you now have Christ's DNA flowing through your veins, you now have all the rights and privileges to that covenant of promise that God has given to everybody that is in his family. Glory to God. Because of the blood, we are no longer foreigners to God, but we are his. We are his. His promises and covenant is ours, too. I need y'all to really get that. His promises and his covenant is ours now, too. And I'm not going to teach on covenant, but covenant is probably one of the most strongest words that you can ever learn about in the Bible. It's one of the words, it's one of those subjects that you, once you grab a hold of it, you will never, ever uh, go without receiving what God has for you. Because God said he will cease to exist if he does not fulfill his promises to us, man, man, I'm not going to get excited. I'm not that that right there can have you excited for weeks upon years, <laughs> upon months or whatever. I know I skip from weeks to years, but let me tell you, if you grab a hold of understanding that God has swore by himself, that's what he did. I guess I need to go ahead and preach this. Abraham, 
God made a covenant with Abraham, and because there was nobody greater than God, God had to swear by himself to promise to give to Abraham what he promised Abraham, what he promised to give Abraham. So because he swore by himself, there was nobody greater. God had to fulfill the promise that he gave Abraham. So just like God promised Abraham, just like God promised you, God will cease to exist if he doesn't fulfill what he told you he will fulfill in your life. Glory to God. So if it doesn't come to pass in your life, guess who is not Guess whose fault it's not? It's not God's fault. It's our fault because God will cease to exist if he doesn't fulfill his part. That's why he, that's how he's set up in this covenant. That's what a blood covenant is. Man, okay. All right, be this. Slow up, slow up, slow up, slow up, slow up. Slow up, slow up, slow up. Slow up. <laughs> I'm getting excited, man, thinking about, because that that's a whole nother level I haven't talked about, but that that's why the covenant was cut in blood. Mm. All right, I'm going to leave that alone. All right, okay. I'm going to leave it alone. I may come back to it later, but, but let me finish these. Let me finish this. Because of the blood, we are no longer foreigners to God, but we are his. His promises and covenant is ours also. Y'all type this in the comments. Say, I am united with Christ, his covenant, and his promises. Say, I'm united with Christ, his covenant, and his promises. Say, I'm united with Christ, his covenant, and his promises. All of this was given to me by the blood. All of this was given to me by the blood. I am united with Christ, his covenant and his promises. In other words, God put up, I ain't going to say, the Bible calls, Paul says I'm a bond servant. Or he he says that he's connected to God in this way, meaning that whatever he he's he's bound himself to God. Well, when we begin to understand the covenant that God made to us and what the precious blood of Jesus did to us, it's, it was like a it was like a latch that was put on us to, to, to make sure that we always had a connection to him. Because the Bible says it like this. He always makes a way of escape. There's always a way to get back to God. God always made a way for us to get back to him. He's always made a way for us to receive the promise. He's He always makes a way for us to get everything that we're supposed to have. And that's what the blood has done for us. That's why it says you are united with Christ, his covenant and his promises. My God today. God has set it up so through his blood that you are connected with him no matter what. You are connected with him because of what the blood has done. You are, you are connected with Christ. You are united with him, his covenant, and his promises. There, there's so much more that I can say. There's so much more that I can say, but I really want y'all to understand that. So when God makes a promise to you in his word or if he comes and tells you something, you better rest assured that there's a way to make that promise happen. And there's a way for that promise to come to pass in your life. You better know it. <laughs> you better know it. Why? Because the blood has made it so. All right, let's go to number 10. This is a continuation, but let's go to number 10. Number 10, I have access to all the promises in the new covenant. I have, pro I have access to all the promises in his covenant. I'm going to just reference this and then we're going to go look at Hebrews 8 and 6 in the Passion Translation. But Luke 22 and 20, Luke 22 and 20 talks about the shed blood of Jesus. And because of the blood has given us a new covenant because of the blood and representation of the cup that was given to them at the communion table, because of the blood, it represents a new covenant. So because of the blood of Jesus that was that was shed, that was shed. OK, because of the blood of Jesus that was shed, it gave us access to a new covenant. And Hebrews eight and six 
in the Passion Translation says this, I have access to, to all new promises in the new covenant. Let's look at Hebrews 8 and 6 in the Passion Translation. Hebrews 8 and 6 in the Passion Translation says, But now Jesus, the Messiah, has accepted a priestly ministry which far surpasses theirs. Man, you know, I can... <laughs> I can so preach every single one of these scriptures, but let's keep going. Since he is the catalyst of a better covenant, which contains far more wonderful promises. Listen, I want to break down this scripture real quick because I really need y'all to see this. But now Jesus, the Messiah, has accepted a priestly ministry. Jesus sits in a priestly ministry now, which far surpasses theirs. What is it talking about? In the Old Testament, I told y'all before that there was always a sacrifice that needed to go on, and the priests had to go make the sacrifice for the people. They had to bring the precious, the most precious sacrifice they have, and uh, and whether based on the based on the level of that sacrifice and the blood of that sacrifice will determine whether their sins will be atoned or not for the year. So because Jesus has taken on that ministry and shed his own blood for us on the mercy seat of Christ in heaven, it far surpasses theirs or any other sacrifice that those priests in the Old Testament can do. Why does it far surpass that? Because you're no longer shedding the bloods of bulls and goats, but you but Jesus has shed his own personal blood that was only given was the that was the only ransom that could be given to get us back to God himself. That's why his ministry, his priestly ministry surpasses theirs, every previous priest. Since he is the catalyst, and because he did that, he's the catalyst for a better covenant which contains, watch this guys, far more wonderful promises. I need us to get this down in our hearts and in our spirit. We are under the dispensation of the new covenant and the new covenant has way better promises than the ones of old. Now, it's, there's still some of the old uh, functioning now because there's blessings attached to it, but listen to what I'm saying to you. There are far more wonderful promises in the new covenant than there is in the old covenant. And so because he has become a catalyst for that. We have be we have been given access to all the new promises in the covenant, in the new covenant, which is based upon better promises. Another scripture says he's given us a better covenant, which is based upon better promises. So these better promises are, are, are set up for us to walk in a way that we, we've never even imagined. And one of the ways that the Lord is really dropping in my spirit right now, one of the ways is for us to just simply con it's for us to continually, continually just be like him. Because the Holy Spirit is now living on the inside of us, we can now walk like Jesus in the earth, whereas before they didn't have the Holy Spirit like they're living on the inside of them. That's a better promise. We have the Holy Spirit continually continually with us every day, all day, 24-7. That's a much better promise than to have the Spirit just show up every now and then in the old covenant. That's a much better promise. And we need to understand that that's what we're a part of. And because of the blood is giving us access to it. Listen to this. Because of Jesus's priestly ministry, he has given us access to a better covenant and better promises. I need y'all to type in the comment section. I will receive the better covenant and better promises. I need y'all to I need y'all to wrap with me for just a second because I need y'all to receive this. I need y'all to take this. I need y'all to know this. Say, I will receive the better covenant and better promises. And BJ, why are you saying in all the promises? No, or otherwise the Bible wouldn't specify this being a better promise. It has to be a better life living with the Holy Spirit 24-7 and every now and then. 
that has to be better. <laughs> that has to be better. It has to be better for us to be able to go to God directly ourselves than have a priest go for us. That's why the, the veil in the temple was torn in two, so that we won't have to have no intermediary anymore. We can go to God ourselves. Jesus set that up. That's much better. The Bible actually also says that we can come to his throne boldly because of what the blood has accomplished for us. We're going to get to that in a little bit, but let me, let me just slow up. Let me just slow up. As a matter of fact, that's the next one. But I want us to understand, I will receive the better covenant and the better promises. Let's go to number 11. Let's go to number 11. Number 11, I am able to go directly to God. Number 11, I'm able to go directly to God. <laughs> I don't need to have some, some priest, some pastor. Now, I, I need to have pastors because Bible says the Bible says he's given us pastors after his own heart to help us understand. He's given us the fivefold ministry, the apostle, the evangelist, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher. He's given us all of these gifts for the perfecting of the saints. But watch this. It's for the perfecting. But your relationship with God is what you should go to God for yourself. Your relationship shouldn't solely be with an apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, and teacher. It shouldn't be just with that. Your access to God is, di is direct. How do I know it's direct? Go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, and let's look at it in the Passion Translation. Hebrews 10, 19 in the Passion Translation, it says this, and now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of what? I need y'all to keep, I need y'all. See, if we were in church right now, again, I would say we would just need to shout the blood <laughs> because the blood has done this, y'all. I need y'all to see the scriptures to show y'all what the blood has accomplished for us so that we can have trust and confidence in that blood. Because if we don't understand what it's accomplished, what we're going to have trust and confidence in? We can have trust and confidence and we can go to God ourselves because of the blood. Listen to this. And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm boldly and without hesitation. He invites who or he welcomes who he welcomes us to come into the most holy sanctuary in the Old Testament. When they used to have the tabernacle where the priests went to do the sacrifice, it was called the holies of holies. And so the holies of holies, and, and, and some people teach this and some people don't, but they, some people say that uh, because the presence of God was so thick in the holies of holies, they would have to tie a rope around them because once you get into the presence of God, if you weren't worthy, you will drop down there. So they would have to drag them out uh, if they were under the presence of God so thick and, they, and if they didn't have and if they weren't right or if they didn't do what they were supposed to do before God. Well, this is this is the point I'm, I'm brought up, whether you believe that or not, or whether that's a part of your belief system or not, whether that happened. You know, it really doesn't even matter, to be honest with you. But at the end of the day, you can go into that holies of holies yourself. You can go in it through praise and worship. You can go in it when you get the word. You can go in it when you're just riding in your car. The presence of God. Why is the presence of God? Why, why can the presence of God be so readily available to you? Because the Holy Spirit has come to live on the inside of you. And not only is it so readily available to you, you can go to God boldly and without hesitation. You can go with him without fear. You can go with him without, without, without shame, guilt, or condemnation. 
That's what the blood, and that's why I harped on so bad last week of getting rid of that sin consciousness. Because a lot of times, because of that sin consciousness, we think we can't go to God directly because the enemy is always talking in our ears based on the stuff that we've done. But if we understand that we are righteous, not based on what we did, but because of what Jesus did, we will walk in the works that Jesus will have us walk in, and we will walk boldly into the throne room of God, and we will go without hesitation because we will know and understand what the blood has accomplished for us. And what did I tell y'all last week? God is not concerned about your sin anymore. God is not concerned about your, um, he's, he's not concerned about that because he knows that he's already taken care of it. Not that you should continue to walk in it. No, but he's not concerned about it because he's already taken care of it and made a way for you to walk freely without sin, according to the word that he tells you to walk out. And if you don't have that, and if you have the righteousness conscious, you can go boldly to the throne of Christ to receive what you need to receive without hesitation and boldly. And how can you do that? Because of what the blood has done. Look at what it says. It says, we are now brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood. And now there's no distinction between anybody. Anybody that's in the family can go to God's throne boldly and without hesitation because of the blood making that available to them. Because the blood made it available to them. The blood did that. The blood did that. The blood did that. You need to have faith in what the blood has accomplished for you guys. Listen, the blood has cut out the middleman between me and God. And now it allows me to go to him freely and to receive from him freely. The blood has cut out the middleman between me and God. And it allows me to receive from him freely. Type this in the comment section. Say, I go to God boldly in faith because of the blood of Jesus. Some of y'all, and some of y'all may be scared. Some of y'all are like, well, how can I go to God like that? Because of the blood. And he wants you to understand that. Because he doesn't look at you based on what you did. Please understand that, guys. When you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and you've been washed and cleansed in the blood of God, he looks at you through the eyes of Jesus. Jesus goes to his Father boldly and without hesitation, and he did that as an example to show us that when we go through Jesus Christ, and when we receive his Spirit, and we receive what the blood has done for us, that's how we should always go to him. That's why it's not based on anything we do. It's based on what Jesus did. Man, I need y'all to, I, I need us to, I need us to get past all of this stuff. Well, it, well, because it's the enemy harping on all of this stuff that you're doing to try to get you out of line with what God is telling you to do. But if you can get in alignment with what Jesus is telling you to do, then you will get rid of all of the clutter that the enemy is trying to speak to you. I go boldly in faith. I go to God boldly in faith because of the blood of Jesus, man. I go to God boldly in faith because of the blood of Jesus. That's what I do. That's what I do, because if I don't go to him boldly and if I don't go to him with hesitation, I'm coming to him in fear. And God says, don't come to me in fear. Come to me in faith. Come to me knowing that I'm going to take care of you. Come to me knowing that I've already promised you and that you have a right to it. Come to me like that. Don't, that's not humility to come to me in fear like, oh, this I'm a, no, I, you come to God based on what the word says. You don't come to God based on how you think you should. Come, come, to, come to God like this lowly person. No, God said, come to me boldly. That's what his word says. You go to him boldly and you go to him without hesitation and you can go to him that way because of not, not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus did. Whew. All right. Go to number 12. Let's go to number 12. We got, we got 12, 13, 14, and 15 to get to. 
Number 12, I have been made free by the blood of Jesus. Let's look at Revelation 1 and 5. Let's go to Revelation 1 and 5. Let's go to Revelation 1 and 5 in the Amplified. It says this, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful and trustworthy witness, the firstborn of the dead, first to be brought back <laughs> to life, <laughs> and the prince ruler of the kings of the earth. Hmm. We're going to hit that in just a second. To him whoever loves us and has once and for all loosed and freed us from our sins by his own blood. Y'all see that? In the Amplified, it says, I have been loosed and freed from our sins by his own blood. Now, I want us to take a quick uh, step back up in that, in that scripture real quick. And we're going to hit it because that's, that's number 13. But I just want to point it out in this scripture. I want us to notice that the scripture says that Jesus is Jesus Christ is the faithful and trustworthy witness. The firstborn of the dead. So if he's the firstborn of the dead, there got to be some other ones that were brought back from the dead. That's what means being born again means. He was the firstborn of the dead and we were brought back to life from the dead state of our sinner state from G by Jesus, by the blood. That's why we call ourselves being born again. The first to be brought back to life. And watch this. The prince ruler of the kings of the earth. So not only did Jesus free you of your sins by his own blood, he called you a king. Because we know Jesus to be the king of kings. But this scripture right here says he's the prince ruler of the kings of the earth. Y'all see that? See, when you when you understand what the book... <laughs> Let me let me stick to this. Let me stick to this and let me because I want because that because that's a part of number 13. But let me just talk about being free for just a second. <laughs> but I wanted us to see that in the scripture because your your position and your identity should be found in stuff like that. Your identity should be found in you being a king or queen. Your identity should be found in what Jesus calls you rather than how you feel. Rather than what other people say about you, what the world has to say about you. Are oh, you not this? Are oh, you not that? Well, the word says that I'm a king. The word says I'm a queen. That's what the word says. So I need to have faith in that rather than what these other people talking about. But let me let me talk about this. Let's go to the latter part of this. The, because of the blood, I've been loosed and freed from our sins by his own blood. So by the blood of Jesus, we've been freed and we've been loosed from our sins forever. Listen to this. Jesus loosed and freed us from sins by his own blood. Type this in the comment section. I am no longer bound, but I am free because of the blood. My God today say that I am no longer bound, but I am free by the because of the blood. <laughs> Jesus's blood has loosed and freed us from our sins by his own blood. So because of his blood, we are completely and utterly free to have the ability to never turn back to that vomit, 
to not to turn back to that sin state that we walked away from and that Jesus freed us from. He has freed us from that. And when we understand that that's what the blood is now, we will begin to get a new understanding of that's how we should be walking. So we walk therein in that. We walk in those things. So if we spend time walking in those things, we won't have time to walk in the stuff we're not supposed to be walking in. Jesus freed us from all of that. Jesus freed us from this. Y'all follow what I'm saying? I am no longer bound, but I am free because of the blood. Let's go to number 13. Let's go to number 13. Let the word keep preaching to us. Amen. Revelation is one and six. Revelation. I don't know why we say revelations. Why we always say that? Revelation one and six in the Amplified. Number 13. I have been made a king and a priest because of the blood. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've been made a king and a priest by the blood. Listen to uh, Revelation 1 and 6 in the Amplified. It says, and formed into his kingdom. A what? A royal race. That's your kingship right there. Priest to his God and father. To him be glory and power and majesty and dominion throughout the ages and forever and ever. Amen. So be it. That's what amen means. It means so it is. It is that. Amen. So be it. So the scripture says here, you've been made a king and a priest formed unto us. And this is a continuation of verse number five, when he was talking about what the blood has freed us from. Well, we if the blood freed us from the kingdom of darkness, if it freed us from sin, if it took us away from the enemy and all of his imps, it took us away from that. Then what did it take us into? Because it, because watch this, guys, whenever God frees you, he frees you out of into. That's what deliverance means. When he delivers you, he delivers you out of one thing into another thing. So when you understand that your sins, your sinner nature, when Jesus took you from a sinner nature to a righteousness nature, this is what he plucked you out of. And this is what he put you in. He took you out of sin nature and put you in righteousness nature and righteousness nature put you in this position right here in verse number six. And formed into, uh, I mean, informed us, us talking about us into a kingdom. He formed us into a kingdom by what? By the blood. We saw that in verse five because it's a continuation. He freed us from sin. He took us out of that sin and formed us into a kingdom. What the Amplified calls it a royal race. What is a royal race? A royal race is a kingdom. You're a king. You're a queen. You're a royal. Hallelujah. You're royal. And if you under, if you ever get anything, I mean, if you ever understand anything about a king or a queen, you understand that they have authority. You understand. And you also understand that there are no broke kings and queens. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let that sit real quick. I'm going to let that sit with you. I'm going to let that sit with you for one second. There are no broke kings and queens and there are no kings and queens that don't walk around with without authority. So when we talk about the authority that God has given us, we're talking about a place that he plucked us out of into so that we can operate in the authority that he gave us so that we can walk around just like he did when he walked this earth. Glory to God. And not only did he make us a king and queen or a queen, if you're a woman or a man, whatever. If he, well, he made you a king or a queen, he made you a priest to his God and father. To him be the glory and the power and the majesty and the dominion. And when, oh man, this is so good, guys. Listen to this. When did he, how long did he make you a king and how long did he make you a queen? How long did he make you a priest? Watch this. 
and glory and the power and the majesty and the dominion throughout the ages and forever and ever. He made you a forever king. He made you a forever queen. He made you a forever priest. Glory to God. He made you spiritually fit. That's what a priest, he made you have the ability to be able to come before him boldly. That's what a priest does. A priest does some other things, but just start there. A priest comes to God boldly. They're able to go to God. They're able to have a relationship with God. And that's how he made you. He made you a king, he made you a queen, and he made you a priest. And how long did he make you a king, queen, and priest? Throughout the ages, forever and ever. And then he taps it off by saying, amen. So be it. Whenever amen is in the scripture, it seals up what was just said before. It means it is so. And it also, it also goes along with Selah. Pause and come to think on that. It seals it up. It gives you, it gives the ending that it needs to have. It is done. It is accomplished. So be it. So Jesus didn't just say, well, I'm going to make, I'm, I'm going I'm to shed my blood and that's it. No, he said, I'm going to make you a king and I'm going to be a priest. And that's going to be the end of it. Amen. That's going to be the end of it. Amen. Listen to this. The blood has made me royalty and it's made me a priest. Type this in the comment section, guys. Woo, this, about to, this about to be good. I have provision and I have authority. I have provision and I have authority. How can I have provision? Because a king or a queen always has provision. So when we're talking about how God made you and, 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 and what he made you, he made you a king and a priest, so you should always have provision. And you have and, and, and the priests have authority, so does the king have authority, and you also have authority. Glory to God. You got authority in the spiritual realm and you got authority in the natural realm. Woo, man, y'all need to get that. Man, y'all need to get that. I got authority in the heavens and I got authority in the earth. That's what the that's what the Lord's prayer was talking about. Uh let thy will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. You got authority in both realms. Mm. You got authority in both realms throughout the ages, forever and ever. That's why you need to learn how to do it here. So when you get over into eternity, it ain't going to be, uh, it's, it's not going to be uh, something that is not going to be familiar to you. You're going to know how to do this thing. Amen. You're going to know how to do this. You're going to know how to walk like Christ. I've been made a king and a priest because of the blood. Number 14. Let's keep moving. Let's finish these last two this week. Let's finish these last two. All right. Number 14. Number 14. I have been translated into the from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. Let's go to Colossians chapter one. Let's go to Colossians chapter one, verse 13 and 14. Colossians chapter one, verse 13 and 14. Uh, Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says this. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical. Ty Tyrannical, tyrannical rule. That's how you say. <laughs> he has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule. That's how I'm pronouncing it. If I'm saying it wrong, somebody please help me. Tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, all our sins are canceled. <laughs> and we have the release of redemption through this, through his very blood. Man, I'm so thankful for the blood of Christ. I'm so thankful for the blood. Listen to this guy. Listen to what this scripture just said. I, 
This is why you should read your Bible and not just read it in the King James, but read it in the message, read it in the voice, read it in the passion, read it in the Amplifier, read it in the NLT, read it in all these different versions, man, so that you can get the spirit behind what God is trying to say to us. Listen to what the scripture says, guys. And the Passion Translation is just one of my favorites. But it says he has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness. <laughs> Hopefully I'm saying that right. Oh, my mom going to get me if I'm saying that wrong. From the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, all of our sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. All right. For in the sun, all of our sins are canceled. But I want us to focus on this, guys, because of the blood, because the sun, because if we're in the sun, all our sins are canceled and we are released. We have the release of redemption through the very blood. Because of that, we've been translated and we've been rescued completely from that rule of darkness into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. That goes that picture again of God uprooting us from that dark place and putting us into the kingdom of his dear son. So because of the blood, we've been translated from one kingdom to another. Our address has been changed, guys. Listen to this. We no longer reside in the kingdom of darkness, but our new address, glory to God, is in the kingdom of his beloved son. Y'all get that? <laughs> Man, that's so good to me. We no longer reside in the kingdom of darkness, but our new address, glory to God, is in the kingdom of his beloved son. Me and my wife just bought a house last year. And so when you change addresses, you understand that feeling. It's like a new, it's like a new, uh, man, how, how can I describe this? I, I brought that example up and don't even know how to describe it. But you know how it feels when you get a new place. You know how it feels when you change addresses and, and you go to a better place than you were before. You know that you're progressing. You know that you're in a place where you need to be. And so when you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to his to the kingdom of his dear son, God changed your address. God changed your position in, in kingdoms. And because you're in the kingdom of his dear son, you now have access to that better covenant and better promises that his son is the catalyst of. Now let's start bringing all these scriptures together that I gave you all tonight. <laughs> Listen to this, guys. We no longer reside in the kingdom of darkness, but our new address is in the kingdom of his beloved son. Write this in the comment section or say it out loud. I live in a new kingdom because of the blood. I live in a new kingdom because of the blood. Listen to this, guys. Listen, can't nobody see when you begin to understand all of this stuff that I've been talking about tonight and you begin to understand what the blood has accomplished, it rises, it, it rises up something, something rises on the inside of you. It's like you, it's like you can't stand for what you've been standing for. It's like you can't keep doing things the way you've been doing because you're gaining concept and you're gaining an understanding of where Jesus has placed you. And you're going to begin to realize you've been tolerating stuff you shouldn't have been tolerating. That's kingdom of darkness stuff I've been tolerating. I'm over here in the kingdom of his dear son. Why am I putting up with that? Why am I putting up with all of this foolishness going on in the world? Why am I putting up with this, with everything that the word says I'm not supposed to have? Why am I putting up with that? And that comes with you grabbing, grabbing hold of understanding what the blood has accomplished. When you understand what the blood has done for you, your mind, your perception, your revelation, your understanding, your wisdom levels go to new levels. 
your wisdom levels go to, I mean, your wisdom goes to new levels because you got more word on it. And that's why I want to show you these scriptures, because if you can ever grab hold of the word, it's going to be the word that gets you out of all of your situations. It's going to be the word that gets you through everything. Glory to God. It's the word that does. it. It's Jesus that does it. But if you don't have that, then you're just walking around aimlessly. You're going to be like the seven sons of Stephen. You're going to be like, oh, we cast you out in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. No, when you go before a devil and you know what the blood has done, you can sit there and say, all right, devil, now you know this and you understand this. You understand I'm walking in the blood, right? So I, so you know you have to come out, right? Because I'm casting you out in the name of Jesus Christ that I know because the blood was shed for me and I'm in his kingdom and you're not in this kingdom. So you got to go. You got to be cast out. No longer here. And I know I'm talking about the devil right now and you casting out demons, but this is what you need to be saying to yourself. Poverty, you need to get up out of my house. Sickness, you need to get up out of my house. Mental instability, you need to get up out of my house. Uh, lack and insufficiency, you need to get up out of my house. That's what you need to be saying to all of those little imps and those little devils that tells you that that needs to be a part of your life. Those things are not supposed to be a part of your life because you are now a king and you are now a queen. You are now a priest and you are in a different kingdom than where that stuff resides. All of that stuff resides in the kingdom of darkness and in the kingdom of heaven, none of that stuff is there. None of that stuff, watch this, if none, if that stuff was there, then why are we always, why are we so quick to get to heaven? Why are we always wanting to receive what's in heaven. If that stuff was already up there, it's already down here. Just go ahead and take it. Just go ahead and take it. If that's a part of what you're supposed to be having a part of, you know that's not supposed to be a part of your life. You may just not have known that the blood has accomplished that for you and you didn't know how to receive it or you didn't know how to attack the enemy when he came to you with that foolishness. But now you know when the enemy comes to talk to you about all of that foolish stuff that you need to be receiving in your life, you need to tell him to say, oh, put that on pause. Why? Because of the blood. It don't come up in this house. It don't come up in, it don't come in my physical house and it don't come up in this house. It don't come up in this church right here. It's not going to come up in me right now. Why? Because the blood is over me. And because the blood is over me, the death angel has to pass over me because the blood has now taken me from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. Woo, glory to God. <laughs> y'all follow me? Y'all understand what I'm saying? Are y'all getting it tonight? I may have gotten a little excited, but that's all right. Because that's what the word should do to you. The word should be the word. Should, when you read the word and when you read scriptures, the scriptures should leap off the pages into your heart. And that's when the scripture, when the scripture becomes alive to you, that's when the word starts having an effect in your life. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but I'm going to say that again to you. When the word becomes alive in your life, that's when change hits your life. Because that's when revelation hits your life. That's when understanding hits your life. That's when wisdom hits your life. When the word becomes alive to you, that's when change hits your life. That's when things start rearranging and changing. And that's when things start moving and shaking because the word has now been made alive. And whenever you read the scriptures, that's how it should be. That's why even if you read the scriptures and you're like, man, I don't understand this. I feel dead. I don't, I, I don't feel any of this. You need, to, <clears throat> you need to go to God and be like, Holy Spirit, revelate this word. Give me understanding. Give me wisdom, concepts, and understanding of this word right here so that I can allow the word to be alive in my heart so that I can receive everything that you want me to have in my life. Amen? All right, let's finish this out, guys. Number 15. Number 15. I am no longer under the curse. I am no longer 
under the curse. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. In the Passion Translation, Galatians 3, 13 through 14, this is what it says. Yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. We already know what that price is, right? Because we saw it in several other scriptures. When Christ paid the ransom for us, what was the price? The price was the blood of Jesus. Okay? So when he paid the full price to set us free, it set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed the curse completely as he became a curse in our place. This, this is—I mean, look, look at this guy. This is this is why I'm. This is why I say things like, "If you don't tithe, you won't be cursed," because the scripture because the scripture says Jesus absorbed absorbed the curse completely as he became a curse in our place. For it is written, "Everyone who hung upon a tree is cursed." Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives. Y'all see that? It says Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives. So if Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives, how can I have the curse on me if I don't tithe? If he dissolved it <laughs> over our life. If he took care of the curse on the cross, then how can I be in curse? How can I be in the curse if I'm not tithing? That's a part of the old covenant. That's why when you tithe today, there's only blessing associated with it. There's a level that you can walk in without tithing. It's, a, it's, 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 not, a, it's not the best level. It's not even really a good level. But you can walk in the okay level without tithing. All right? But once you tithe, it takes you to a higher level of the blessing that you've never, ever experienced. And it's not because it's a curse on your life. It's just because you can only go to this level if you're, at, if you're doing that in obedience. That's what obedience does. You're walking okay right now. You got the grace. You got the mercy. You got all this stuff going on without you being in obedience. But once you start walking in obedience, there are things that you now walk in that you didn't walk in before because you obeyed. And that's what the tithe does. All right. But listen to this. Keep reading this scripture. Christ, Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives so that in him, watch this, all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon the Gentiles. Remember when I talked to y'all about being foreigners and not being a part of the Jewish uh, covenant when we read that scripture in Ephesians? Listen to this. We it's been poured out upon the Gentiles. That's how we got engrafted in. We were Gentiles. Now, the thing that was on Abraham and his lineage in, in, in Israel is now on us as Gentiles because Jesus put the curse on the law. And now the blessing has been made available to everybody because of what Jesus did through his blood. Mm, mm, mm. And now through faith. We received the we received the promise of the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who lives in us. Now, get this grab hold of this scripture and I want y'all to forever get this picture in your head. And some of y'all may be animated, but I want y'all to get this visual in your head. The curse was put on the tree because the because God put all the curse on Jesus when he went to the cross. And the only way you can have the effects of the curse is if you go back to the cross and pick it up yourself. Mm -hmm. 
The only way you can have the effects of the cross, if it was if it was put on the tree and it was put on Jesus so that we wouldn't have to have that curse in our life. Listen to it. Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives so that in him all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon the Gentiles. Jesus took on that so that we wouldn't have to take it on. Jesus took on the curse so we wouldn't have to be cursed. He took on the curse so that we can be blessed. And the, the ultimate blessing is the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Oh, yeah, I know y'all I know y'all may have thought or some people may think uh, when he was talking about Tyler Minigo, he's talking about the ultimate blessing is money. No, 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 no. The ultimate blessing that you can get in your life is the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, Jesus, making Jesus your Lord and personal Savior. That is the best, that is the utmost, that is the most paramount blessing that you can receive ever in your life is to have Christ as your Lord and your Savior your Savior and your Lord, and to have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Because if you have those things, nothing in this world can ever come against you and have victory in your life if you understand the stuff that I've been talking about. <laughs> that is the best blessing that you can ever receive. The best decision you can ever make is getting saved. The best decision you can ever make is accepting Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. The best decision you can ever make is having the Holy Spirit come into your heart and take residence there. That is the best blessing. And everything else flows. Everything else flows from that. Everything else flows from that. Everything else flows from that. Listen to this, guys. Christ paid the full price of the blood. Christ paid the full price of the blood. It set us free from the curse and dissolved the curse so that in him we have the blessing through faith. That's why you need to have confidence and trust in what the blood has accomplished for you. Because it ultimately ends up to it ultimately ends up with you receiving the blessing. What is the blessing? It is the empowerment to succeed. It is the anointing. The blessing is the anointing. The blessing is the anointing, the power of God on your life to do what men said could not be done, to go about and get what men said you couldn't get. Why? Because the blessing is on your life now. <laughs> Type this in the comment section, guys. Say, I have the blessing because of faith in the blood. Type that in the comment section. Say, I have the blessing because of faith in the blood. <sighs> I have the blessing because of faith in the blood. Jesus, God, God has given us the, he has given us his anointing. He has given us his power. The blessing, that's what it is. To have success in every area of life, everything that I've talked about, the blessing was sent here to have you to have you operate in this in this success, to have you walk in this overcoming ability. That's what the blessing does. That's what the power of God does. And so when you understand that you have the blessing because of faith in the blood. The blood, the understanding of the blood goes to another level. The understanding of the blood takes your takes your takes your takes your perception and your knowledge game to a whole nother level. That's why when we say things like the blood of Jesus did this and the blood of Jesus did that, and when we sing songs about the blood, and when we we can never just be uh, casual or passive with the blood anymore. 
We can't do it because we understand that because if it wasn't for the blood, because listen, Jesus could have not put the blood down. He could have just been resurrected. But because he put the blood and paid the ultimate price for us, it gives us access to all of this stuff that I've talked about. Man. And so I hope through these last several weeks, these last three weeks that y'all have uh, begin to get a concept of how important the blood is and you never see the blood the same way again. So when you watch those movies like Passion of the Christ, when you see God being brutalized and being st stuck in his side and the nails in his hands and the blood coming down, listen, all of those, all of that is representation so that you can be free from this. When you understand that that's why he had to shed his blood, it's so that you can walk in this blessing, so that you can walk in this freedom, so that you can be a king and a priest, so that you can have redemption, so that your sin debt can be paid. All 15 of these things that we talked about, you will never, you should never look at the blood the same way again. <laughs> you should never look at the blood the same way again. Whew. Man, this hit me so strong right now. I, I can't look at the blood the same way again. Because it's done too much for me to look at it the same way. The blood has done too much for me to look at it casually. The blood has done too much for me to, to just to just to, to, to just not honor what God has done. What Jesus did for me. I just can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. The blood is everything, man. <laughs> the blood is everything. That's why there's power, wonder working power. In the blood of the Lamb. Amen? All right, so let me go over these last 15 things. We're going to talk about offering for a second, and then we're going to get y'all up out of here. So number one, what has the blood accomplished for me? Number one, number one, the blood has paid all of my sin debt. All of my sin debt has been paid by the blood. Number two, number two, uh, you have been made righteous by the blood. Number three, you have been spared from hell on earth and eternally because of the blood. Number four, you have been redeemed and bought back by the blood. Number five, your redemption is secure because of the blood. Number six, you have forgiveness of sins because of the blood. Number seven, you've been cleansed of sin because of the blood. Number eight, you have power to overcome the enemy because of the blood and the word that the blood and the testimony of what the blood has accomplished. We learned that tonight. Number nine, I am no longer a stranger to the covenant of promise because of the blood. Number 10, I have access to all the promises in the new covenant because of the blood. Number 11, I am able to go directly to God because of the blood. Number 12, I have been made free by the blood of Jesus. Number 13, I have been made a king and a priest because of the blood. Number 14, I have been translated into the kingdom of, uh, I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son because of the blood. And number 15, I am no longer under the curse because of the blood. Jesus came and paid the price so that I wouldn't have to be in the curse. Amen. Y'all got anything out of that tonight? If you got anything out of there, give God some praise, give God some hearts, give God some likes. 
Give God the the the, the waving hand emojis. Give God the, the the shouting emoji hands. Whatever you want to give God, give God a quick second of praise for the word that came forth tonight. And I'm telling you guys this. I'm telling you this. Your life will absolutely change because of the blood of Christ. You're right. You're you're the the blood will absolutely change your life if you grab, continue to grab hold and you spend time with this stuff that I've talked about tonight. Amen. All right. So next week, we're going to talk about um, next week. We're going to talk about uh, the Bill of Rights. We're going to talk about the Bill of Rights that we've been given as believers. Uh, because uh, as the righteousness of God, this is going to be the last part of faith in the blood. I mean, it's going to be like a little subsection uh, because the Lord wanted me to talk about it. And then after that, we're going to talk about the God kind of faith. And then after that, we're going to talk about uh, faith and foolishness. OK, so uh, but next week, we're going to talk about the believers bill of rights. And I need to have that go along with faith in the blood, because when we talk about being made righteous, uh, I believe it was number three or two, uh, being made righteous. It talks about your rights with God. And with you having faith in what the blood has accomplished, you need to have faith in the rights that God has given you as a believer. You need to have faith in that. Because if you don't have faith in the blood accomplishing these rights for you that God has freely given you, you won't take access to them. And I gave you all this example last week. If you have an insurance policy and you don't know everything that's in your insurance policy, you're going to miss out on the benefits that your insurance policy has for you. Where God has given us these bill of rights or he's given us these rights to have access to, to these things that we're going to talk about next week. And if you don't know that that's in your bill of rights, you don't know if that's in your insurance policy, then you won't take them as benefits when you need them. And so the Bible gives you benefits. And if you don't know your benefits, then you're going to miss out on them. And so next week, we're going to talk about the Believer's Bill of Rights. I have 12. I have 12 of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have 12 of them. And we're going to talk about them explicitly. OK, we're going to talk about them explicitly so that y'all can grab hold of them, just like y'all grabbed hold of these 50 thing, 15 things that the blood has accomplished for you. Um, so that you can gain concept and understanding of those too, because I'm telling you, if you don't understand your rights, then anybody will be able to take advantage of you, namely the enemy, namely the devil. He'll be able to take advantage of you if you don't know your rights. So the enemy will no longer take advantage of you because of your faith in the blood and you having trust and confidence in what the blood has accomplished through these 15 things. And next week, when we go over the believer's bill of rights, the enemy won't be able to take away from you your rights as a believer. Amen. It's time to give. All right. If you guys want to give tonight, if you guys want to give tonight, there are several ways you can give. You can give via cash app. You can give via tithely. You can give via Givelify. And you can give via text to give. If you want to give via text to give, text give to the number on your screen, 844-952-3394. Or if you want to give uh, through cash app, you can give through cash app, dollar sign BJPD Ministries. And if you give through cash app, make sure that you put your email address in the for section so that we can correspond back with you to let you know that we received your gift so that we can be accountable to you to let you know that we received your gift and how much you received so that we can keep an accurate report of your giving. OK, and so that you can get uh, so that we can be accountable to you for your gift that you gave to us. And so we have no way to be accountable to you if we don't have an email address or a phone number or something to get in contact 
contact with you with uh, concerning uh, your giving. And so if you want to give tonight, those are those several ways that you can give. Listen to me, guys. When you give, and and, 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 and I don't have anything in particular to, to really teach you guys concerning giving because I'm going to get into that as the weeks continue to go on. Y'all know every week I love to share with y'all things concerning giving and receiving because it's really it's a really it's a really big passion of mine because I believe so much in my heart that God wants us to have so much substance, so much resource and so much uh cash that we can do anything he tells us to do it when he calls for it. And giving is just another one of those avenues. He wants us to get to that point so much where when he calls us to give it it, it it won't it won't we won't miss a beat with anything. We won't we won't miss any of the things that we need to do with our bills, with our kids, uh, with our businesses, with anything like that. We won't miss a beat because when God calls for it, because we have so much and that's where we're on our way to. We're on our way to that because God is teaching us that we don't give out of obligation, but we give out of a out of a loving heart. We give cheerfully. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, when you give, give cheerfully and give gratefully. And when you give cheerfully and when you give gratefully, it sets the the stage for for the position of where your heart needs to be. And, And a lot of times people don't really like talking about giving when it comes to church or when it comes to ministries or when it comes to anything really because that's where their heart is. And so if you can ever grab hold of the heart that God wants you to have where giving is concerned, then it will no longer be an issue for you. And when that no longer becomes an issue for you, then you can continue. You can continue to increase because God knows that he can trust you with that increase because he can tell you to do something with it that can put you in a position to increase and not only position you for increase, but increase others. Listen, God wants to use people to bless other people. That's how the funnel goes in the earth. God. God speaks to people to be blessings all over the place. And if we're not open, if our hearts are not pliable, then people won't get what they need when they need it. Y'all understand what I'm saying? People won't get what God has for them when they need it through you. Now, God will raise up somebody because God is going to, if, if you're not going to listen to him, listen to me. If you're not going to listen to him and obey him, then he'll go ask somebody else to do something that he asked you to do. Because whatever need God has for a ministry or a church or a person or a business or whatever, God is going to raise up people to take care of that need or to take care of, or, or, or he's going he's gonna to have a way to get that need taken care of. But the beautiful thing about it is he gives you an opportunity to be a blessing so that you can be blessed. Not so that not just so that person can be blessed, but giving sets up your opportunity to receive. Giving sets up your opportunity to receive from him, to set you up to be a blessing, to have the blessing operating in your life. Because listen, more than the money that you give, God wants you to have the anointing and power. I've given this example several times when I've taught. Listen to me, listen to me good. The highest form of power in the kingdom of God is the blessing or the anointing. Listen to me. The highest form of power in the kingdom of God is the anointing or the blessing. In the world system, the highest form of power they feel and what people walk around with, if, if somebody has money, then they have power. But listen to me, guys. If you operate, God wants us to take away the world's power by understanding that by us using that as a tool, it gives us access to the higher power. 
That's why when you tithe, the blessing is poured out. The, remember what I told you, the blessing is the empowerment to prosper. And what we should be after more so than money is the blessing because the blessing will, will, will put you in places that money could never put you in. Listen, you can have all the money in the world and be sick as a dog. That money will do nothing for you. It may be able to offer you the best doctors. It may be offered to give you the best physical therapy or whatever. But the blessing is what ultimately gets you back to health. Amen. And so when we're giving, when God asks you to give, he's asking to put yourself in position to receive his anointing and power. And that's why your heart has to be right. And you have to understand that to know that when you're giving from a place of from the uh, from your correct heart place, from the correct place that you need to give, then you're after the blessing. You're after. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom and everything else will be added, because if you have the blessing, everything else will be added. It's the blessing that gets you the job so that you can get the money. Y'all follow what I'm saying? But if you don't understand that progression, you're just going to be thinking that all oh, people are just out to take my money. All oh, people are just wanting to give my money. No, God wants the blessing to be upon your life. God wants God wants to take care of needs in the earth. And by you taking care of those needs, God will be able to bless you with more. And put the blessing on your life because you're a willing participant in what he tells you to do with it. Y'all follow what I'm saying? So when God tells you to give and when he's telling you to obey, that's all he's really asking you to do. He's asking you to have your heart right. And he's asking you to position yourself for the blessing so that he can take you to higher places in him. To take you to higher places in what he's calling you to do. That's what giving allows you to do. Not only giving of your finances, but giving of your time, giving of your abilities, giving of your talents, whatever God tells you to do. So we're just specifically talking about finances right now, but that applies to every area of your life. That's why your heart needs to be right. That's why if you're going to serve at a church and your heart ain't right, you might as well sit down. Nobody wants a grumpy usher when they come into church. Nobody wants somebody grumpy to meet them at the door when they're supposed to be representing God. That's the first thing that people see is the ushers. And so if you got a bad attitude, then you might as well go ahead and sit down. That's why your heart needs to be right when you're doing anything for God. And it's the same thing for giving. Your heart needs to be in the place that God, I know that you're all capable. I know that I have access to your kingdom and whatever you're telling me to do. So if you want me to give, I'm going to give. If you want me to tithe, which he does, I want you to tithe. And you tithe wherever you're getting fed. Tithe wherever you're getting fed, man. So, And you give wherever God tells you to give. Because when you give, it shall be given back to you. Good measure, press down, shaking together, running over. I hope that understanding uh, was clear to you guys. I hope that blessed you. Uh, I hope um, the heart behind giving, y'all really get my heart behind giving every single week. Because I'm telling you, God has a place that he wants y'all to get to. And giving is involved in that. There's no way around it. I can't tell you something that I don't do myself and... And not and not share that with you guys. I can't sit here and say God wants to increase you among more. I can't tell you God wants to pour more and more and more on you and, and giving will not be a part of it. That's not because that's not true. I can't tell you to do. I can't tell you God wants to be an absolute blessing to you and and not tell you all that God wants you to give because he does. He requires that of everybody. He requires that of all of us. All we have to do is be willing and obedient when he speaks to us to give. And whenever there's an opportunity to give, you should always be like, God, do you want me to give? And if so, how much? And going about your business. Give it and going about your business. 
that's the way it should be. And when you operate in places like that, and when you operate in that level of trust, and when you operate in that level of obedience, God has no problem or having allowing you to walk in the abundance that he wants you to walk in. Amen. Let me pray for y'all. Let me get y'all out of here so that we can get back next week. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for an understanding of faith in the blood. We thank you for this teaching these last three weeks. Father, we thank you for next week's teaching as we talk about the Bill of Rights so that people can grab hold of what you've given them a right to. Father, we love you and we appreciate you. We appreciate you and we thank you so much. Father, I thank you so much for everybody that gave tonight and everybody that's going to give. Bless them tremendously. Give them new ways to increase. Give them give them wisdom on how to increase so that they can be a blessing everywhere they go. Father, we love you and we appreciate you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless y'all. See y'all next week. Love y'all. If you would like to connect with our ministry, please email us at bjpiggyministries at gmail.com or follow us at BJ Piggy Ministries on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or YouTube. This podcast is made possible by the support of friends and partners like you. If you'd like to show your financial support, you may do so via Cash App, Tithely.com, or Givelify.com by searching for BJ Piggy Ministries. Thank you. Uh, I tread on serpents and scorpions on a daily. I stand and walk in authority that he gave me. I'm a reflection of God, so watch me be the light. It's time that we show the world.